Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Grammar Girl here. Listen up, everyone. Today's topic is phrasal verbs, as in to listen up. And now guest writer Bonnie Tranga writes, a listener, Paulino from Minneapolis, would like to know what phrasal verbs are and why they're called that. Phrasal verbs always seem to stump my students when I taught English as a second language in Tokyo, Japan. Even those of you who are native speakers might not know what a phrasal verb is, but you probably use at least one every hour. Let's go over them then. Hint, hint. A phrasal verb is a verb that comprises more than one word, often a verb and a preposition, such as to back off or to hold up. Some other common ones are to give up, to break down, and to run out of. I imagine phrasal verbs are called that because the two or sometimes three components make up a phrase, and this set of words acts as a single verb unit. Phrasal verbs are often considered idioms or components of idioms. As with idioms like to kick the bucket, which is an impolite way of saying to die, the meaning of phrasal verbs doesn't always make sense from the words used in the phrase. This is definitely a challenge for students of English. For example, one meaning of the phrasal verb to hold up is to assault someone with a weapon in order to steal money or valuables. It has nothing to do with the verb to hold. Some phrasal verbs have multiple meanings, so that makes it even more difficult for language students. Another meaning of to hold up is to manage, as in, how are you holding up? The sad news for English learners is that you have to just memorize phrasal verbs and their meanings, in the same way that French or Spanish learners have to memorize verb conjugations, and I'm sorry to say that there are thousands of phrasal verbs. Not only do you have to memorize the meanings of phrasal verbs, but you also have to remember if you're allowed to split the verb from the preposition. For example, if you use the phrasal verb to hold up, you could say the crook held up the bank, or you could say the crook held the bank up, but you can't split up other phrasal verbs. For example, you have to say we ran out of napkins. You couldn't say we ran napkins out of. One listener wonders about all the cooks on TV who use up after fry. Is fry up a proper phrase? That's a good question. To fry and to fry up mean about the same thing, just as to eat means about the same thing as to eat up. In these cases, if you add an up, it makes your sentence more colloquial, more informal. I suppose the cooks on TV are being conversational and friendly when they advise you to fry up a few jalapenos. If they were writing a formal cookbook, though, I'd imagine they'd stick with to fry. Take three jalapenos and fry them lightly. You, too, should use your judgment. For example, if you were writing a dissertation on Henry VIII, you might not want to write, the king hung out with all the nobles. It would probably be better to write, the king associated with all the nobles. If there's a doubt, use more formal language. 
Some of you might be wondering what to do with a phrasal verb when it ends a sentence. Perhaps you were taught that it's wrong to end a sentence with a preposition. That isn't always true, but even if it were, phrasal verbs are a unit. So if you end a sentence with a phrasal verb, you're not ending it with a preposition. You're ending it with a phrasal verb. For example, "Let's kiss and make up" ends with the phrasal verb "to make up," as in "to reconcile." The sentence would not make sense if you deleted "up" just to make a nosy grammarian happy. "Let's kiss and make" that clearly doesn't work. Although phrasal verbs are made of two or three separate words, when you use them as verbs, you squish them together as a closed compound or use a hyphen when you turn them into nouns or adjectives. For example, you can break down two words. Or have a breakdown, one word, or you can tune up your car, two words, or get your car a tune-up, hyphenated, tune hyphen up. Unfortunately, there are no firm rules, and you'll have to check a dictionary to see whether you make a closed compound or hyphenate. For all you non-native speakers who are listening, I know that phrasal verbs are frustrating. Lucia comments, "I hate phrasal verbs." They're too hard to remember, and then you can misuse them and put yourself in really embarrassing situations. Could you give me some advice on these English mutant monsters, Lucia? I'm sorry you see these as monsters. When I was an ESL teacher, I remember trying to explain the meaning of to clean, to clean up, to clean off, and to clean up after. There's a subtle difference in the meaning of each. Eventually, I decided to write a guide to 120 of the most common phrasal verbs. Since I saw myself as a humorous, off-the-wall teacher, I called it off-the-wall skits with phrasal verbs. If you're interested in exploring this text for a class or for individual study, we'll put a link on the website. It's a real achievement when English learners can master common phrasal verbs and sound like a native. Lucia was right, though. You can put your foot in your mouth if you make a small mistake with a phrasal verb, so be careful. As for you native speakers listening, just remember that there are no hyphens in phrasal verbs when you use them as verbs. Check your dictionary when you use adjectives or nouns that are derived from them. Thanks to Bonnie Tranga, author of *The Curious Case of the Misplaced Modifier*, for guest writing this episode. She blogs at sentencesleuth.blogspot.com. Visit my site, quickanddirtytips.com, to sign up for a free chapter of my book, *Grammar Girl's Quick and Dirty Tips for Better Writing*. And while you're there, you'll also find a link to upcoming.org, where you can find out all about my book tour. Also, many of you said you wish the show would come out more often. Well, I'm happy to tell you that starting next week, Grammar Girl will come out twice a week. If you're subscribed, you'll get the next show Monday night. And if you're not subscribed, this is a good time to do it, so you'll never miss another show. That's all. Thanks for listening. Want to make Mom's Day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May twelfth. Find tons of gifts from only thirty dollars at Nordstrom Rack: fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just thirty dollars. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format. You gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu/accreditation.